Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio Classics, where we play some of those old episodes you may have missed with a little intro. Now, this is an interesting choice, if I do say so myself. I'm the one who made the choice. For our very first Classics Week. This is episode 44, Ghost to Ghost. Now, season one is where this is coming from. So the audio quality, the, the I'm using the same microphone, but you'll notice a little bit difference in the audio quality, the delivery. But this episode is truly a classic episode because it really lays out some key parts of um, Dead Rabbit Radio. One, the first 50 episodes, I gave them goofy, funny names. And then I realized how much I hated that as a listener. Because I just want to scroll through and go, oh, this one's about aliens. Oh, this one's about ghosts. Oh, this one's about the swamp monster of Okikonoki. You know, stuff like that. So by calling it Ghost to Ghost, because I make the first stories about Coast to Coast AM. It's clever. It's fine. But it doesn't help you guys at all. So generally by the end of this week, when I was doing the week of episode 44, when this originally came out, I pretty much gave up on the funny, goofy names. This one also covers the conspiracy iceberg story, Pancreas Denial, which I had so much fun looking into. I really love this segment on Pancreas Denial in this episode. It does start off a little depressing because I'm talking about Art Bell having passed away. But the main reason why the Pancreas Denial story is is dope. I really like that one. But the main reason why I want to cover this in the classics is very, very few people have ever heard this episode in its entirety. Because what happened was, on episode 100, I switched podcast providers. Now, cut. What happened was, around episode 100, a bunch of stuff was happening on the back end here, behind the scenes. And I came to the realization... Podcast providers do not mess around when it comes to copyrighted material. They don't at all. It's not like YouTube where you can put up something, you can use a copyrighted song or something like that, and then they just take away your monetization for the episode, or you get one strike and then you get three. The strikes go after six months. Podcasts will shut you down if they get a DMCA complaint. Now, it has to be legit. Don't be, you haters out there, don't be sending me DMCA complaints. It has to be from the original copyright holder. They really, really investigate it. But they don't mess around with that. If you are a copyright holder and you say they're using my material in that podcast, they can eliminate your podcast. And once I realized that, in the early, maybe the first hundred episodes, I used a lot of copyright material, clips from television shows, and clips from other people's YouTube videos. And I know we can talk about fair use and all that stuff, but all of that stuff has to go through the legal system. So if I used a clip from Coast to Coast AM, which I did in this original episode, I used an audio clip from Coast to Coast AM, and they filed a DMCA against me, my podcast provider could suspend the show or shut it down. Until litigation is done. Do they do that? I don't know. I don't know. They say that they reserve the right to, so they might. But it has to come from the official person. So I, when I found that out, I went back and I purged all these little clips. If you listen to some of the earlier episodes, I'll say, let's watch a movie trailer, or let's listen to this guy's song about Flat Earth on YouTube, and there's just nothing there. I went and I edited it out so there's no long pauses, but they're a little disjointed. 
And so when I did that, oh, and by the way, the YouTube video for this episode did get copyright claimed. So the Coast to Coast people were looking for it, and, and they got copyright claimed, and it was no big deal. They get the money for the episode on YouTube. So I'm glad that I did it. But anyways, and also, there's a lot of podcasts out there that use music that is they do not own, and, and as more money pours into the podcasting realm, those podcasts are going to get shut down. Once people realize that Podcast Z is using a famous song, they're done. So, But anyway, I always like to be ahead of that stuff. So when I clipped this out, half the episode disappeared. If you listen to episode 44 right now, I haven't changed it yet. I'm, I'm going to change it later. But if you listen to episode 44 right now on your podcast provider, it's gone. The ending is gone. And the YouTube version, I don't even think the whole episode's up on YouTube either. So this is going to be the first time, because I did the re-upload. And this is going to be the first time in a long time anyone's been able to listen to episode 44. And I love it. The, it starts off depressing with the coast-to-coast thing, but the pancreas denial story is great. And the story, I, I really hated that the people couldn't hear it. I love the story. Why ghosts wear white sheets? And the story of a man who murdered a ghost. Both of those, that origin story of white ghosts look the way they do. And the story of a man (laughs) shooting a ghost in the chest and going to trial for it is so good. I really, really like this episode, and I hope you guys do too. It's episode 44, Ghost to Ghost, truly a Dead Rabbit Radio classic. Why ghosts are normally seen wearing white bedsheets. Ghosts who aren't really ghosts. And it's the government trying to control our pancreas. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day. You know, we're going to dispense with a lot of the pleasantries, the little introduction I normally do, because we have a lot to cover. And the first story is probably one of the most important And that's the story that Art Bell has passed away. Now, a lot of you may not know who Art Bell is, but honestly, I'm sure a lot of you do. Art Bell was the host of Coast to Coast AM. It was a radio show, and he was the host of it for quite a long time. It basically was the precursor to every sort of paranormal talk show you could possibly think of, including this one. Uh, Art Bell was an inspiration to anyone who is a fan of the paranormal, of conspiracies. He had this great way of letting people say whatever they wanted. He, he didn't judge them. He had a lot of um, great content he produced over the decades that he ran the show. Unfortunately, there was an event involving his child. I, I remember that he stopped doing the show and people thought, oh, you know, it's because of uh, the government's trying to silence him, he's he's revealing all of these truths. And it turned out it was much more mundane and far more evil. His uh, child was molested, so he took some time off to be with his kid. And um, he ended up stepping away from the show. George Norrie took it over, who I also feel is a great host. I used to listen to Coast to Coast AM all the time, all the time. It was really the best place. It's, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways it probably still is the best place to get that type of information. It's just very conversational. I used to watch, it was kind of my late night routine. A lot of truckers will listen to it, people who work night shifts. It's just a great show. It's just a really great casual show. 
But unfortunately, Art Bell has passed away now. And of course, there's already conspiracy theories about that. He passed away. He had some painkillers and some muscle relaxants in his system that were legally prescribed to him. He was in his 70s. And people are already still saying that the government killed him. I mean, at a certain point, you, you kind of have to accept that sometimes great men pass away. So for those of you who aren't familiar with him, I wanted to play a quick segment from one of his shows to set this up. And this is a very famous segment. To set this up, a man called the radio station, because it was an open call show, so you'd get all sorts of crazy people on there. A man called the radio station and said that he was calling from Area 51. There's been statements where they said that they found the man who placed the call and he was faking it, or they found the man who placed the call and he was off of his meds or whatever. The phone call you just heard is, I believe, from like the 90s or the early 2000s. So again, enough time has passed. But at the time, I didn't hear that live, but I knew of it. At the time, that was a very panicky moment for people in the paranormal conspiracy because it sounds so real. It's more likely that it's from a crazy guy and it was a weird coincidence, you know. But again, it's just kind of a terrifying call and a terrifying moment and an overall terrifying show. So Art Bell... Thank you for bringing us uh, something new and opening up the the market of paranormal radio, paranormal prod- podcasts, paranormal books. We appreciate everything you've done, and we're going to miss you. Let's get started with the show. So we have some great stories for you today. Some really cool ones, actually. One of the ones I found when I was looking up murderous ghosts, but I'm going to save that one for a second. Because I'm going to get into one that was on the conspiracy list iceberg. It's another one of those weird ones that you just look at a couple words put together and you think, oh, that's just made up. You know, before I do, though, I'm going to open this can of delicious Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. We're still, we still don't have any sponsors, by the way. So what this is, is this is a theory called pancreas denial. Pancreas denial. A lot of people have questioned, what does that mean? What does it mean? Are people denying the pancreas exists? Or is it something else? Now, of course, I found nothing initially when I started my research. The only thing I had to go off of was, again, some posts on 4chan where people said that wizards are trying to keep us from accessing the chakra in our pancreas, so they're poisoning us with food to ruin the pancreas and eventually have to have it removed. Now, the pancreas is basically what keeps every human on the planet from having diabetes. It's a digestive organ. Very important. You can live without it, but you'll have diabetes. So I looked into that and I was like, you know, okay, magic, that's my favorite topic. And I kept looking around. So I had to do a bunch of research on what the pancreas did and like what I just told you, could you live without it? But I didn't feel like I had the whole story. I felt like there had to be something else. So I kept looking, and I kept digging into this. Now, apparently, yes, the third chakra, which is related to the basically the power of you, the power of who you are as a person, is located in the pancreal area, I guess would be a good way to put it. So this pancreas is, according to this website, it controls feelings of power, self-esteem, and our relationship with our inner self. So this chakra is basically what would balance us and make us feel good. And it's located in that area. 
So by basically infecting the food supply and the drink supply with toxins, whether that be like heavy toxins like lead, things that can definitely affect us, or just quote-unquote poisons like high fructose corn syrup, which definitely affects your pancreas and definitely affects issues with diabetes, you're basically polluting that. And what it does is it breaks down your self-esteem. It breaks down your connection to who you really are. So you would be more likely to, say, follow a strongman leader or follow an authority figure because you don't have any self-esteem yourself. And I'm thinking there still has to be something else about this. There still has to be another idea behind pancreas denial. I finally hit on something. I found something. A lot of times these stories get broke on these very obscure websites. Now, I have I know that sometimes coded messages will be sent on the internet. Sometimes if I want to send a message to somebody else in an organization, I will write something out on say a website for the babysitters club. And you will then, I'll tell you, hey, if you want to know where the drug shipment is, go to the Babysitter's Club forum, see the post about, is Michael cheating on Becky? And you'll find the instructions there. It's a very common technique. That's nothing new. It's a very common technique for people to be able to communicate with each other. So I found the term pancreas denial on a gay erotica fan fiction about the band BTS. Now, if you're not familiar with who BTS is, they're the hottest boy band right now. I don't know why. But anyways, they're also known as the Bangtan Boys. It's seven kids from South Korea. A huge band. So I found this... I just saw this story that one of the... Ta- all, the sto- all the tags were like boy on boy and bts and all this stuff and then out of all of those one of the tags was pancreas denial so i thought okay maybe i'm onto something maybe somewhere in this gay erotica about the bangtan boys i will find the answer i've been looking for and i then went to proceeded to read a 5,000 word gay romance novel about the bangtan boys i don't know who these characters are I don't know anything about these guys, but now I know that they are all banging each other. And I'm reading this story, and, you know, a young author, hey, more power to you. I'm not going to criticize the writing in and of itself, because I think it was written for a particular audience. I'm not a member of that audience. But anyways, halfway through the story, the guy says, you know, the the, the hunky one, the one with all the tattoos... I think he was Yoongi. Yoongi? Do you know do you know these guys? The main story was Yoongi and Jungkook. Those were the two leads in the story. Anyways, so I'm reading this story and uh Yoongi is like this motorcycle riding bad boy with tattoos all over his arms, and Jungkook is some sort of communist who keeps keeps going on these side like side diatribes about how uh, Marx is a hero and capitalism has failed and the patriarchy is being destroyed and feminism is ruling the planet. It's really bizarre, to say the least. And then halfway through it, uh, Yoongi is like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to study the pancreas. And Jungkook is like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And then later on in the story, after they've been banging for like two months, and they went to a Soviet film festival, and he's like, Yoongi's like, oh, yeah, I love watching Soviet cinematography. I don't I. <laughs> Anyways, so then uh, Yoongi calls up Jungkook and says, I need to meet you. I have something to tell you. And Jungkook is like, oh my god, like, I don't know how to deal with this. Like, is he going to break up with me? 
guys, and I'm sparing you like two thirds of the story. I don't even know why I'm explaining this much of it. But anyways, so I the first two thirds of the story was them meeting and a bunch of like gay, gay sex. So so where was I? Oh, yeah. So Yoongi meets up with Jungkook and says, I'm a member of a cult. We believe. And I'm like, yes, here we go. In this totally obscure story, I'm finally going to get maybe a little bit more evidence of what is going on. With pancreas denial. It was in the tag. It had to, they had to talk about it. Yoongi, Yoongi sitting there all studly with his arm tattoos looks at Jungkook in his shiny eyes, as it's described, and says, Yes, I am a doctor and I want to study the pancreas, but I'm a member of a cult. We believe wizards. <laughs> we believe wizards are trying to poison the food supply. And make our pancreases not work so they can control us. God damn it. I read 5,000 words about a fan fiction about of a band that I know next to nothing about. Spent all that time and they're like texting each other and all sorts of nonsense to get the same stupid information I got in 30 seconds from a Reddit post. Ugh. But I still had to follow my lead. I thought maybe this is some sort of coded communication. I tried finding the author had a Twitter link. The Twitter is not there anymore, which is a little odd. The story was just written in July of 2018, so it doesn't really predate any of the posts I've seen online about pancreas denial. I was hoping once I saw that, because I did finish the story, they end up happily ever after. I don't want to, you know, a hobo shows up and says, you know, Jungkook, I know it scares you that he's in a cult, but do you love him for who he is? And Jungkook goes, you know what? You know what, hobo? I do. So they end up together. I didn't want to not tell you how it ends. But the link will be provided if you want to read it yourself. And don't harass... Like, the author was doing... She's having fun. So I, I don't think any of you guys would ever harass anyone like that. But yeah, I mean, all of the stuff... I hope when you're hearing this stuff, you're not like, Oh, we're going to go after that. Yeah, it's just she's just a kid having fun. But And I, I know you guys are better than that. The thing was is i go okay well maybe it is still some sort of coded information but it's not she writes a ton of this stuff it is weird she wrote a lot of it close together but i mean I'm, i was grasping at straws at that point i think that the the pancreas denial she had also read something like i had just a short phrase and somehow built a story around it which i guess is kind of the same thing i do but it was just such a weird aside so i was back really to square one I think if from a conspiracy standpoint, the idea works, that pancreas denial is the idea that the pancreas is one, is a, it's a major um, chakra that can be, that you can live without. So you can't live without your brain chakra, or you can't live with, or head chakra, whatever it is. You can't live without the heart chakra, but you can live without the pank, the the chakra there. And so if I was a wizard and I knew that, if I was a wizard, oh my god, I can't believe if I was a wizard and I knew that the pancreas was important and I knew people could live without it, I would poison the food supply. Like, I, it makes sense. I don't believe that that's happening. I don't believe that wizards are actually doing that. But from a conspiracy standpoint, I can see that. I can see people believing that. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and get on to the next story. So, the next story I found when I was looking up murderous ghosts and i had talked about that before i was trying to find stories about people who had been murdered by ghosts or supernatural creatures in general and i found one of the most compelling articles i've read in a long time and i remember when i finished it i thought 
I'm so glad I'm doing this podcast. Because just a month ago, if I had found this article, I would have maybe read a first couple of paragraphs and then skipped it. Because my time, you know, my time was so important, even though I did nothing with it. But now that I'm kind of forced, I guess compelled is a better thing to read these articles and find stories. I read it and I'm like, this was a fascinating article. It covered a lot of amazing things. So what happened? The narrative hook is at the very beginning of this article. And this is all true. This is all historical. Is that a man killed a ghost. He's on trial for killing a ghost. But it wasn't a ghost. So this guy shot like a laborer who was wearing all white, walking down the street. And a man jumped out of the alleyway and shot the laborer, killed him. Because he shot him because he was a ghost. So you're thinking, well, why would a guy jump out and shoot? The story, the article gets you hooked right from there. You're like, why would a guy jump out and shoot at a ghost? So what happened was, back in the 19th century in Britain, they had a major problem with ghosts. What, what it was, so back then, if you were poor, they wouldn't necessarily, they really wouldn't put you in a coffin. They'd bury you, but you were poor. They would wrap you up in the bedsheet that you died in if you died in bed, or they would just grab a bedsheet if you're dead somewhere else. They'd tie the feet and the, and the head, and they'd throw you into the ground and bury you. So most bodies were covered in white sheets. Now, that is why ghosts traditionally are just a white sheet. I had never known that. I, and I had wondered that before. Why do ghosts appear in traditional media as just being a white sheet walking around? So right away, I'm like, this article is fascinating. But the problem they had in the 19th century was people dressing up as ghosts and jumping out at people as a practical... It started off as a practical joke. Then people started putting a white sheet on and mugging other people. Give me your wallet. Give me your pences or whatever. Give me your shillings. And it would scare people so badly because they actually thought these were zombies. They thought these were ghosts. They thought this was the dead popping up out of nowhere and attacking people. And then people started wearing the sheets and raping women. Now, I'm sure halfway through the rape, they realized it wasn't a ghost. But that's not the point. The point is the initial attack would shock you because you honestly thought it was a ghost attacking. And what made it worse was that all around Britain, people would say, there's a ghost in the area. There's a ghost because you would see, first, like I said, it was a practical joke. People would stand in the graveyard in a white sheet and freak people out. And so when you were walking down a dark alley and a guy jumped out in a white sheet, your first inclination is going to be that's the living dead because you've already heard all the stories about that. And it got to the point where so many women were being harassed by ghosts, who people thought were ghosts, that they began forming vigilante teams. And they would walk through the cities looking for ghosts. So there was that clown scare in America not too long ago. This would be the equivalent of that. But when we see people in clown outfits, we're like, oh, they're just, they're just ghosts. I mean, they're just people dressed up as clowns. These people honestly thought these guys were ghosts. So this one guy, he wore all white because he was a laborer. That was the clothes that he wore. And other people in town were saying, hey, you shouldn't be out tonight. You kind of look like a ghost. And he's like, I don't care. What are they going to do to me? I'm not a ghost. I'll beat him over the head with my billy club or whatever I have, a hammer. But one day he was walking on the street and his, was, I believe it was at his sister's house. And she's like, please don't go out or at least change your clothes before you go home because you look like a ghost. And he's like, whatever. He's walking on the street. Another guy who was part of one of these vigilante groups looking for ghosts saw a man in all white, thought it was a ghost, pulled the trigger, and immediately realized that he was wrong. Shot a man and killed him. He was arrested, charged, and found guilty for killing a ghost 
for killing this man. Within 45 minutes, he's convicted of manslaughter. And this is how crazy things were back then with the trial system. He gets tried for manslaughter. The three judges say, no, that's not good enough. It ha you can't split it down the middle. He's either guilty of murder or he's totally innocent. And you have to figure it out. And then the jury goes, well, I guess he's guilty to murder. Then he was sentenced to hang next Monday. None of this 10, 20 year thing. He was sentenced to hang next Monday. Now, luckily, the king got involved and said, you know what? No, we're not going to have, we're going to delay his execution. And then eventually they said, just parole him. Like it was a tragic mistake. It shouldn't have happened in the first place. And that kind of quelled down the fake ghost scare of that time because it just, I mean, nobody wanted to get shot. And it was the same thing. You've heard the legend, you may have heard the legend of Spring Hill Jack, who apparently was a supernatural creature who leapt around London and was harassing women. Well, he was sexually assaulting women is what he was doing. And so people used the paranormal to cover for their activities. Dress up as a ghost, pinch a woman's butt, dress up as a ghost, you know, drag a woman into an alley. Your Spring Hill Jack, you're attacking women, who's driving people insane. Plus, they have the superstitions that these things were real. So I know you'd like to think, well, we've advanced, we've changed, we've evolved. But people still use this ploy, and unfortunately, it still works. This just happened this year, by the way. So there was this young 15-year-old girl who was super petrified of the paranormal, of the occult, of the supernatural. She would never listen to the show. She would never watch X-Files, anything like that. She's totally terrified of that. She starts hearing noises in her house late at night. And she's petrified. She can't figure out what it is. She thinks a ghost is coming after her. Then one night, a little note gets passed underneath her door. Gets up, she reads it. It has very clear instructions. If you want me to stop haunting you, have sex with Liam Clark. Now, I don't know if it actually said that, but that was the intent. Because Liam Clark was a 35-year-old neighbor, or he wasn't a relative, but he knew the family. And she kept getting these notes saying, if you want me to stop haunting you, you have to have sex with Liam Clark. And she didn't want to have sex with him. She's 15, he's 35. But she wanted the haunting to stop so badly. So what does she do? She has sex with him. And of course, this happens in Britain too. Maybe it's a weird thing over there. Now, of course, eventually he's arrested because she tells somebody, this guy who pretended to be a ghost, is now in prison for 26 years. He, he put this girl through psychological and physical torture, pretended to be a ghost, preyed on her worst fears, and really that is what they did back in the 17th, 18th, 19th century. It was the same gimmick. Prey on their fears, make them vulnerable, attack them. So maybe people, societies don't change. I don't know. It's It was just kind of a weird side note, a weird kind of, I don't want to say end cap to this story because I'm sure it's going to continue on. Whenever someone can figure out someone's weakness like this, they're going to keep doing it. Well, I guess that's kind of ending on a sad note. But, you know, not all of our stories are going to be super happy. Yeah, actually, this episode was quite depressing. But I thought they were really interesting. Well, the the Bang Tan Boys was pretty funny. That was worth it. That was the high, That was the funny moment of the episode. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. At Twitter, I'm sorry, Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. You can hit me up there. We have a lot more episodes to come out. We're doing, we have, I have more than enough stories, but if you ever have a suggestion, hit me up on one of those channels. We're also still putting together our street team. We're getting everything set up for that, so if you're interested in that, you can always email me. 
share the show. That really helps us grow. I love seeing uh, people. In, you know, if you can't share it, just let me know that you love the show. That's always fun. It always makes my day. Dead Rabbit Radio is the paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day, guys. And Art Bell, once again, thank you. You you were quite the entertainer slash educator, and we're going to miss you. Have a great day, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.